Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McLean from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And we're efforting John McLean. He'll join us in a matter of seconds here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. But we did get a good text from Robin Oakland on the don'tbebroke.com text line. No NFL team is more intimately associated with the color black than the Raiders. It's natural to have us host the inaugural Black Friday game. However, I'm so sick of losing. I want every tragic advantage and would prefer a rotation of Black Friday games because I don't want the Raiders playing losing time to the rest and time off their families every single year. In my opinion, in the NFL, it's an honor to play each Thanksgiving, but it'd be a burden to play every Black Friday. That's from Rob in Oakland. Thanks for that text. We do appreciate you. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And as you can imagine, everyone's fired up about the schedule release that's coming out on the 11th, but I'm interested in the Black Friday. It's the first Black Friday. I thought that it made all the sense in the world for the Raiders to host that game, just let it be a Raider home game like they have the Cowboys and the Lions on Thanksgiving. What are your thoughts on this Black Friday game? What are your expectations? Well, first of all, Q, I think it's just unbelievable what the NFL has turned the announcement of the schedule into uh, forever. And I've been covering this league for over four and a half decades. They would announce it. They would send it out to the teams. The teams would send it out. Of course, there was no NFL network. And uh, so it wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't a big deal when they put it out right before the draft. And then somebody came up with an unbelievable idea, and they had to go to Roger Goodell, who had to approve it, and said, well, hey, instead of doing it right before the draft, when everybody's talking about the draft and it's it's a big deal for one day, what do you think about waiting till after the draft? And they're like, yeah, okay, let's give it a try. And it's amazing. The NFL's power of promotion and the ingeniousness that goes in to their decisions, it just blows me away. And so we know who they're playing. We know where they're playing. But now it's such a big deal about when they're playing and the time. Who gets the national championship games? And So I like the Black Friday game. I do not think it should be one team that gets it. I think it should be rotated. Um, I don't know this, Q. There was a time when the football was played on Sundays. <laughs> and then in 1970, somebody, Rune Arledge from ABC, came up with the idea of having a game on Monday night. People are like, oh, my goodness, nobody's going to watch a game on Monday night. And the first one, 1970 in Cleveland, was a huge hit. It turned Howard Cosell and Don Meredith into, into institutions. People already know who Frank Gifford was, and they knew Howard Cosell was, but mainly in New York. And then they had their Thanksgiving games. Lamar Hunt tried to get it rotated from Detroit and Dallas, but the owners always shot it down. And so then they decided to do Thursday night games, and now they're going to do the Black Friday games. And then for a long time, once college football's over, they play games on Saturday in December. So I'm wondering if eventually they're going to find a way to play on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, maybe it's when they expand to Europe. Uh, <laughs> maybe, because it doesn't matter, Q, 
when the Super Bowl is. The Super Bowl could be in March or April, and it's going to be the biggest thing in the country. So there's no reason. They used to start on Labor Day weekend, and ratings were down because so many people were on vacation. And so then somebody said, well, you know what? Let's just wait to start to the next week. Well, that's too late. The games will go into January. And then they did that, and it's been great. So I don't know how the NFL will do it. They could have two bye weeks if they wanted. They could have three bye weeks if they wanted because you can play the Super Bowl as late as you want. And if someday we're going to see a game on Tuesday and Wednesday (laughs) where the NFL will dominate every day of the week. There's no doubt about that. We saw a small sample size of it when it was the COVID years, right? It was uh, it was the, played on Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays and Fridays, and there was game played every day of the week during the COVID, uh, and obviously we don't want to see that again. But, uh, that yeah, there's going to be a time when every that's game. A great, that's a great point, Keith. People saw, the NFL saw that people would watch them no matter when it was. I do think because the Raiders – are silver and black. They should be in the first game on Black Friday. And uh, it just makes so much sense. And whether you put them in Las Vegas or somewhere else, it ought to be on Black Friday. But the fact is they're going to want a teams that are – the Raiders have a great following, but no, nobody thinks of them as a great team. And I'm sure they're going to want to put two games in there. And it could be you give them the Raiders and the Chiefs because of the rivalry but you'd have to beef up the Raiders' opponent. And it, to me, it would have to be a division game. And Denver's not supposed to be any good. And the Chargers, yeah, they're okay. But let the Raiders and Chiefs play on Black, Black Friday. Yeah, that'll work. I'm, I'm okay with that. John McClain is our guest from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. I did want to ask you about a little bit of a switch-up this year when the schedule gets dropped. Every team does not have to play on Thursdays. How do you think the teams that that have to play maybe two Thursday night games as opposed to some teams that don't get any Thursday night games, how are they going to take that? Well, I've thought forever, and this will never happen, if you want the highest-rated games, put the Cowboys on there every week. Put the Cowboys in every primetime game. Put them as much as I dislike the Cowboys. They always draw the highest ratings. And so you could just have every game they play a primetime game. Now, that will never happen. I don't like in baseball where every team has to be represented on the baseball all-star game. That's preposterous. That's, that's, that's such old thinking. It's ridiculous. Fans around the country, they don't want to see the Texans. Now, the Bears were the worst team in the league, and, but the Bears have a built-in following because they're Chicago. But you don't want them on too much. But the, the, to be the teams that draw the most, the, the Cowboys, of course, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Giants, and now the Jets because they're New York slash New Jersey, the Patriots when they end, Tom Brady, no more. And you are the Packers, the Steelers because of their tradition. I think the Raiders and 49ers because of their tradition. Those are teams that got to have a lot of appearances and teams like the Texans, people don't want to see them. And right now I think the Colts and the Titans, you know, the AFC South, the NFC South, you want to put those teams on as little as possible because they're just not going to generate the kind of ratings that they want unless they play one of those other traditional powerhouses when it comes 
to ratings. And uh, I I think, uh, and I don't blame them. Like if the Texans have a, last year they had one primetime game, Thursday night, Philadelphia in Houston, same night as the last as a World Series mm. game being mm-hmm. played there. And the Texans trailed by uh, by less than a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and then Jalen Hurts scored two. And Damian Pierce, Texas rookie running back, ran all over the Eagles. And everybody said, well, the Eagles just don't care about this game. And it was exciting to late. But uh, the Texans haven't done anything to deserve to be on a national TV appearance. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 is our guest here at Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I got a couple of AFC South questions for you, but this first one shocking. here. Shocking. Yeah, no, no, Q, this is this, this first one here. <laughs> it was something that was shocking when I saw the headline. I know John saw it too. Did the commanders really reach out to Andrew Luck? That was a story by a longtime uh, commanders slash Redskins beat writer, John Kine, on ESPN.com. And I don't think that he would go with a story like that unless he didn't have it nailed. Now, they could have reached out to Andrew Luck's old agent. I don't think they contacted him directly. I don't think most people, 99% of the people, don't know how to get in touch with him. Maybe they went through his dad, Oliver, and to see if Oliver would check. But they supposedly checked with every team in the league trying to find a quarterback and upgrade their situation. And now Jim Irsay's howling about tampering, but uh, nothing's going to come of that. But uh, I did think that was interesting. Andrew Luck weighs about, I think, 30 or 40 pounds less than he did when he played football. He is certainly not ready to play physically, and I'll guarantee you he's not ready to play mentally because he's moved on with his life. I'd still give him a shot. All right, smooth keeping it in the AFC South. I want to ask you about all the rookie quarterbacks that we have out there. When it comes to starting on day one, I know we still have a whole offseason to work through it. Who do you think? Is C.J. Stroud the leader that when you think, hey, that guy is going to start day one, or does Davis Mills give him a little bit more competition than people think? Well, he shouldn't. People here are so fired up about having a franchise quarterback. He's the second-highest drafted quarterback in team history to David Carr in the first draft in 2002. I'm writing a column about that right now for gallerysports.com. Sean Watson was the 12th overall pick, and so people are really pumped, as you can imagine. And I think I said if the Texans are going to be in a primetime game, they should have it against Carolina. They play at the Panthers. You'd have the first and second overall picks. You couldn't do it the first week because you never know if another team decides to start a vet for a game or two. Watson didn't start till the second game of his career in 2017. And Anthony Richardson playing only 13 games in college, you know, they can talk all they want about him throwing into the wolves. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they didn't go with Gardner Minshew for a week or two or three because he's just, he's he's destined to struggle big time. He's destined to run a lot and get hit a lot. And, uh, and I think that I can't wait till the second where there's no halves anymore, about 10 games into the season with all three of those AFC South quarterbacks. By then, I'm guessing over the last eight games, Will Levis will be playing because Ryan Tannehill, it's his last year there. He's he's probably going to get hurt. And all three of those guys will be playing. And the veteran, the grizzled veteran, will be Trevor Lawrence playing in his third season. I can't (laughs) wait to watch the development of these rookie quarterbacks. 
John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you, and I wanted to ask about when you get your hands on the schedule, as you mentioned, you've covered the league for a very long time. What are you looking at? Like, what stands out to you when you're checking out a schedule? First game I look at is when the Texans play the Titans in Nashville, because Nashville is my home away from home. I love to go there. I've got so many friends there, and that's over the last 25 years. And we already know when the road games are. I want to know that. First of all, I want to know who the season begins with. I'm hoping D'Amico Ryan's gets to play his first game at home when the fans are really fired up instead of making him go on the road where they could come back 0 and 1 or 0 and 2. And then I look at when do they play cold weather games, and we know where. But I'm looking at that January and December schedule, and of course the AFC South because it's your division. And uh, I'm guessing that the Raider fans, first one they look at is the Chiefs, second the Broncos, and third the Chargers. And also wanted to ask you about uh, a couple franchise tag uh, running backs, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Uh, what do you think their their value is as far as what's going to happen? I mean, I, I don't see teams trading for them right now, especially after the draft. But, uh, you know, what, what do you think ends up happening with guys that are owed at least $10 million on that franchise tag? Well, first of all, if they if – they, they're not going to sit out. Their time is too valuable. You know, their careers are too too valuable. And today, I heard an argument the other day, you draft a running back, and if you like him, you get him at least five years. Well, then you can tag him for two years. And it's still going to be cheap compared to most other positions, and so that would be a running back for seven years. And really, you're not giving backs uh, more than that. And I think today, if you tell people – I can get a productive running back who's great for seven years. People ought to be happy with that because a lot of other backs come along. How successful do you think J.J. Watt's going to be as a soccer team owner? (laughs) He's a minor partner that's bringing a lot of attention, just like Ryan Reynolds has done to Wrexham, his team that won its title, and J.J., who always has loved soccer. He's gone on there. His wife played professionally. He was a big soccer fan before he met Kelly Ojai, his uh, his wife. And so I think he'll bring a lot of attention to it. I think it's great for him, knowing how much they love soccer. And he certainly got the money to spend. And I thought he, in the interest of research, he had to do a pub crawl. Wink, wink. <laughs> nice. I would love to go on one. Nice, yeah. There you go. I'd love to go on one with him because he's a lot of fun, and he can drink that beer. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. John, fantastic stuff as always. What are you working on? GalleriesSports.com. We should be on the lookout for. I'm doing a column right now about the Texans have what they hope could be a franchise offensive player and C.J. Stroud, the franchise defensive player, and Will Anderson and the excitement level of everybody uh, when they have their rookie minicamp on Friday and Saturday. There it is. Good stuff, John. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Kid Devon, thank you guys very much. I look forward to it. There you go. John McClain, the general right there. GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston, joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 3.15 is the time. We'll come back. Got a lot of feedback on our Don'tBeBroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R, Black Friday game. One idea thrown out there from Vic Tafer, the Raiders and Steelers each and every year, but they rotate who hosts the game each and every Black Friday. What are your thoughts on that? And also, what Raider veteran are you looking at to take that next step this season? Who do you think it is that needs to take that next step or will take that next step? It's Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Join us in the last segment to talk all things NFL. We really deep dove into the NFL schedule as we'll get some of the games released tomorrow. We'll get more of the games released on the 11th <laughs> in multiple different settings. The NFL believes in the slow drip process, so that'll come out in the next couple of days. Of course, we'll talk about that quite a bit. And we have been talking about the Black Friday game. What are your thoughts on what Vic Tafer had to say? And others have said that as well on our don'tbebroke.com text line that the Raiders and Steelers should play on Black Friday. And Vic took it a step further and said one year the Raiders should host, the next year the Steelers, and vice versa, and back and forth each and every year. So wanted to get your thoughts on that, but also wanted to get your thoughts on what Raider veteran you're looking Enough to take that next step this next season. Who do you think that is and uh, why? So uh, hit us up, 69187, keyword r of course, 702-365-9200. Mailman Raiders at Q. They can add a Black Friday game, but they can't give the people what we actually want, and that's give us a Super Bowl the day before President's Day. We'll get a national 2% milk day game before we get that. That's Mailman Raider. And I have to admit, off top, DeMond, I was reading that in the commercial break, and I was like, what in the hell does President's Day have to do with the Super Bowl? Like, what is he trying to get at? And then all of a sudden, it hit me, and you said, what, President's Day is in February? Yes. And then that hit me. I was like, okay, so I see. He wants it to be on a Sunday before President's Day, so the next day is automatically everybody's off. Yeah, man, get that holiday money. Pay day he off. He ain't worried about the holiday money. He's worried about the holiday, so he ain't got to go to work the next day. That's all that's about. And I've, I've heard that so many times from people about having the Super Bowl and why do people have to go to work the next day because most people really, really enjoy the Super Bowl and don't really feel like going to work the next day. And – I can understand where they're coming from, but in our business, we're going to be here anyway. So it doesn't really matter to me. You know, we don't get that many days off because there's always, I mean, man, you couldn't have the Super Bowl and then everybody be off. Also, who, who are you going to talk to the Super Bowl about? I mean, isn't that like one of the joys for people who don't work in the industry where you go to you go to work the next day and it's like, hey, man, that game last night. Well, you could always go hang out somewhere. You can go hang out at a bar. You can go hang out. You can have people come to your house. You can stay at someone else's house a little bit later. You know what I mean? Like, then they will complain about having to go to work on the Tuesday. <laughs> There's always a Had so much fun on, on the Super Bowl Monday after party. There's always something. There's always something. Also, Vegas Pete hit us up. Look out, Duck. Look out, Duck. Vegas Pete's coming for me. Vegas Pete's always coming for you me. Done it now. He's gunning for me at all times, man. He's coming after me. He's always on my uh, on my, my Warriors tough and uh, giving me a, a lot of bad business on, on uh, Twitter. I love it. He says, Vegas uh, Pete, LOL, Q, the game was really good last night. My Twitter posts are all in fun. Uh, he says uh, he loves the radio show, and he says he likes talking crap to a buddy. <laughs> so I'm glad I can be that crap-talking buddy or the buddy you talk crap to. <laughs> the only one. Hey, man. <laughs> Where's my buddy I can talk crap to? Oh, yeah. Q. I know. Q. He's on it, too. <laughs> the only Warriors fan on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm definitely not. But our guy Finn, we got our guy Finn in studio. He's been. How long has Finn been working with? Well, actually, Finn, step to the mic. You can tell. You can answer my own questions. It's so funny. We're yeah. You pull it up, man. You're about seven foot eight, and he's trying to lean down to the mic. So Finn, it was like, hey man, what's your text line? I got something to say. And I was like, dude, you're in studio. We got mics. So go ahead. What did you want to say? All right. What I want to say is the Black Friday game. I okay. think it's a great idea. Okay. Because of the '70s rivalry that both teams had. The Raiders and the Steelers. The Raiders and the Steelers. Okay. You think about that. Steel Kern, Ken Stabler, John Madden. I think they should bring it back. So I was going to say, I think it's a phenomenal idea to bring some of these rivalries back. And to have it on Black Friday, both teams wearing black, Yeah, be a great idea. That's all right. all I want to say. All right, cool. Anything else? <laughs> no, I think that's it. Okay. And how long you been working here, Finn? Uh, like three, four weeks now. There you go. I like it. He came from UNLV. He's the best one that came from UNLV that we got in the building. Oh, no, he's great. What's the game? That, <laughs> no, Finn, I, I was, I'm not going to dispute it. Look, he didn't even work. 
worry about it. Oh no, it. Finn's got like he's got a great he's got a game that he plays where it's basically like a name that player. Yeah. And all he'll make it'll be like uh, give like two stats for that player. And oh, and yeah. and he'll just na- and he'll like oh it's like like give, any random player yeah like if you want a clue they have to be good though yeah a good so, player like, if I hit you with Ricky Henderson what would you tell me uh, football football oh so now we, now we got rules now we got rules <laughs> rules and regulations okay today. okay <laughs> all right all right so if i gave you josh jacobs yeah you'd have to give, give him like you'd have to give him like a stat god well you, you just gave him the answer you gave me the uh, name you got, look. oh you're okay so, so it'd be like tw- it'd be like um it'd be like two seasons of you know a thousand yard rushes and 10 plus oh, so touchdowns i know the answer and yes you're and you're just giving it? him a couple of stats as clues and he can keep and he can keep asking for another clue let's say like a five clue game he'll get the player Oh, so you're one of these smart mother mothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what you are. Okay, okay, I'm learning about Finn. Finn's got a little something something going on. Okay, let me think. Oh, Two. Uh, right okay, oh, yeah. I, I mean, why not? Demond put you out there. A couple stats. Yeah. Go ahead, Demond. You got some. Yeah, you got Come on, come on, Demond. I mean, he knows how we used to do is what divisions. Wait, wait, hold on. You played this game with him? Yeah. You know he's always cheating. Oh, no, 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 I, I never cheated. Come on. Whoa, cheap, whoa, 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 whoa. No, he was walking with me. He didn't have his phone out. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't, have, I didn't have my phone out. It don't matter. Demond is, man, he's always cheating. He's always making up his own rules. <laughs> no, I'm not, man. I am great at, okay, we're, I, fa- I found a player right now. Okay, okay go ahead. Okay, current player. I want to test this theory. Okay, okay. current. Okay. Oh, Lord. Do you want the division first? Yeah, give me the divisions they play for. Yeah. Okay, this player has played, they are currently in the AFC East. That's all I'm going to give you right now. Okay. Damn. Okay. That's all right, all who's going to get this answer first, me or Finn? Oh, let's do it. Four seasons of 100-plus receptions in the AFC East. In the AFC East. Stephon Diggs? Boom. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, had even, I was thinking about the teams in the AFC East still. I mean, I'm a Jets fan. That made sense. Was, you know. Oh, okay. So, see, see, I told you. Oh, oh, it was too much of a softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, you, you, you gave it too much lean, man. Come on. All right. Give him a, a tougher question. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Q. Sorry, Q. Yeah, really yeah. shy, man. I'm now sorry. That, no, now no, that we no. know he's an AFC East guy, we yeah. know he's a UNLV guy, we go. know that uh, you know he's a Boston Celtics fan. That's another conversation. Yep. But it's okay. Okay, uh, I am we go so down three two man. Come okay. on, come on, DeBond. All right, I'm finding another player right now. Let's this one, one. maybe this is a running back. Okay, alrighty. Okay. By the way, if you want to participate in this game, six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Seriously, if you want to participate in this game when we don't have a guest, we'll have fun. Hell, I'm with fun. I like fun. This Fun's is a great segment. That's what I'm talking about, I'm man. You. Hey, look, I've had a lot of Fs in my life, and this one is a good F. This is fun. All right, this is a running back. He played in the AFC South and the NFC South. Okay. Oh, both. Okay. Only um, 2,000-yard rushing seasons. That's all I'm going to give you a start. 2,000 yards. Oh, NFC South, NFC South, NFC South. Hold so on. Hold and on. AFC South. I know. I know. I know. I'm Bucks, trying to put this together. Saints. Oh, you're talking about, um, you're talking about uh, Shady McCoy. No, 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 he didn't. He played in the he played in the FC East. What what decade? Like what was the? Decade? He's a current player now. He's currently okay. in the league. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Current. sorry, current. Okay, that, um, that makes things interesting. NFC South and NFC AFC South. South as a running back. Mm-hmm. Two thousand yard rushing seasons on his belt. Oh man, yeah. let Saints, you know the let you know Panthers, the value of the running back. There. Saints, Panthers, Buccaneers. Oh, you're talking about Panthers. um. He might get it. Current, nah, I, if you I, want another I, clue, I've been a current guy recently. Go is ahead. he current? Is he current? But he's kind of old. Yes. Did he play oh. with the Raiders? No. Oh, okay. Damn. No, no, no. These are the only two teams he's ever played for. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. He only played with these two teams. Okay. Dang. AFC I don't, South. I don't listen very good, obviously. <laughs> running back. I know. Running back, man. Oh man. Bucks, running back. Um. Uh, Saints. I mean, Alvin Kamara ain't playing no AFC South. No. Panthers. Falcons. Damn, I'm stumped. You done got me. Give, give him one more clue. You done got me. I'm not a current guy, man. First I'm, round pick. 
Oh, jeez. Current. So current a running back. Pick. Yes, he's a current that's player. Not, that's he, not very many. He of was them. a first round. Yeah, running back that was a first round pick that's in the league. Leonard Fournette. There you go. There you go. That took me a while. I forgot about the Buccaneers years. I completely. Forgot he had a couple. Who do you have a thousand yards with? Jaguars. Jaguars. Two. Two with the Jaguars. Okay. Okay. But now he's on the. Yeah. I go. hate this game. Three twenty-seven <laughs> is the time. Thank you, fan, for your time. This game sucks. <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> as we turn our attention to Cincinnati, the Bearcats. Scott Springer will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Quick pass to Trey Tucker. Cuts it back inside. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You just heard what Raiders' third-round pick, number 100 overall, wide receiver Trey Tucker has a lot of speed. That was uh, that was showcased right there on that highlight. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're going to do a deep dive on Trey Tucker, the third-round pick out of Cincinnati. We're going to bring on our good friend Scott Springer, Cincinnati.com. And, Scott, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Before we get into Trey Tur- Tucker, I did want to ask you about Cincinnati. The Bearcats headed to the Big 12 July 1st. How big of a day is this going to be for Cincinnati to make the move to the Big 12? Oh, it's a big deal. They're going to go on a uh, – uh, like a three-city tour here just in the state to, to push it around the state. And really, when you think about it, it takes a lot of guts to go into Big Ten country in Columbus and, mm-hmm. and be planting the Big 12 flag, but they're going to do it. And uh, then they'll go to Cleveland, they'll go to Chicago, and then, of course, they'll have one here in Cincinnati. So, yeah, everyone's been excited about that for some time. I mean, it, it uh, first first off, it's more money, you know, and, yeah. and it's more prestige. And, uh, uh, you know, football, we'll see what happens, but it, it – certainly the best basketball league that I've seen. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I say that each and every year during March Madness that I feel like the champion's going to always come out of the Big 12. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm not. But, man, the Big 12 is very competitive in basketball. But as far as Cincinnati, I mean, they put a lot of players into the league, including Trey Tucker, who we're going to talk about. How important is it for them to get into the Big 12 and actually have some early success as well? I think it'd be key. You have a new coach here. And so, you know, he's kind of stuck in a tough spot. He's going into a new league. Uh, and and the previous coach had a lot of success, and he also took a few players with him to Wisconsin when he left. <laughs> so you know they kind of had to rebuild things. And, and uh, Satterfield came from uh, Louisville, had had kind of mixed results there, but was very good at Appalachian State. Uh, and actually, maybe gets a bad rap at Louisville because uh, they had a uh, they led the the nation in sacks. They had a great defense, and then he comes here to Cincinnati, where you've already got some. Some studs on the line. I don't know if you have Dante Corleone is a, a young man that, that graded out according to Pro Football Focus as the best defensive lineman, uh, you know, in, in the country. Uh, and then you got a lot of returners. Um, so, so yeah, a lot. They might be winning games ten to seven, but uh, you know, the, the defense looks pretty stout. Uh, and and that's with with even losing a couple guys that transferred out. So defensively, we'll see. Offensively, it, it's a new deal. Uh, he he kind of ha- has a dual threat quarterback uh, thing going, and so uh, they lost a, a pocket passer, Ben Bryant, that just uh, transferred to Northwestern. So their uh, their quarterback more than likely is going to be Emory Jones Jr., who former Florida Gator mm-hmm. ran for over 700 yards in the SEC, and that's not easy to do. And then he was at Arizona State; things didn't quite work out there, but had a very good spring game here. So it looks like he's the guy. But yeah, there's there's a lot of transfers coming in. 
Um, a lot of promising guys. It's just you don't know a whole lot about them, and you're going into a new league. So I, I think if, if the Bearcats were to get bowl eligible this year, you got to be happy with it. You know, one more question about the, the move to the Big 12. How much is that going to help, or has it already started to help with recruiting, knowing that hey, this is a bigger conference, this is a P5 that they're headed to? Oh, yeah, it's, it's helped big time. Uh, and, and what people don't realize that, that, that don't follow it that close is, uh, okay, we'll see what they do this year. Like, again, if they get six, seven wins, I think you got to throw a parade. But uh, uh, the, the 2024 class, uh, I think as of today, now these rankings change with, with the different guys that you get, but as of today, they're ranked number 20, I believe, in, in 247 sports. And that might be the the best in the Big Twelve as far as the twenty twenty four class. So they they added a lot of recruiting people more so than I've ever seen here, and they've really gotten after it. And they're getting some some pretty good names, and uh, you know, and they're they're getting guys. You know, it's key to keep some local guys here. And Cincinnati area has always had some decent football, but uh, let's face it, you go down south, and and those dudes are playing year round, and you're getting guys that are playing spring ball. And, uh, you know, you get, you get speed. Now, but now having said that, back to Trey Tucker, he's from Akron. So mm-hmm. the dudes in, the, in, in Ohio can run too. So, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, I think Scott Satterfield historically has recruited a lot of Florida. So here lately they, they've had some Florida dudes coming and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it's, uh, interesting time. Scott Springer, Cincinnati.com, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let's deep dive into Trey Tucker, the third-round pick uh, out of Cincinnati for the Silver and Black, number 100 overall. He was a guy that I saw slotted probably the fifth or the sixth round. The Raiders took him into the third. Was there a shock or a surprise on your end when you saw that he went in round three? It was somewhat of a shock because everyone thought it was going to be Tyler Scott, and these are two guys that are from the same area there in Akron and were friends. And, and both can burn. You've got guys, these guys have ran, uh, I think 429 is their best. I think they went 4 4 at the combine, and then they did a pro day here uh, at the Bengals Stadium, and they ran 4 3 2. So uh, they can fly. The, the difference is Trey Tucker historically has been a kick returner and also has played some special teams. Where Tyler Scott didn't return kicks, he primarily was a receiver. So both very talented guys. I think when you're trying to make an NFL roster, though, and you're reduced to so many players, you need that guy that can do a little bit of everything, and that's probably what helped Trey Tucker. So uh, I know Tyler Scott had an agent, and they did a big uh, wing-ding on on the uh, the first and second nights, uh, days of it. And uh, you know, the first day he didn't get picked. He got picked the second day. But then we're sitting there, and um, uh, you know, then Trey got picked. So it, it was a little bit of a shock, but they're friends and they were cool with it. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Tyler went in the fourth, Trey went in the third. So so good for them. You know, it's, and uh, there was another Bearcat tight end, Josh Wiley, that went in the, the fifth round. And, you know, maybe the best player went as a free agent. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr. went undrafted. And uh, unanimous All-American played in the senior bowl, but he happens to be 5'10". So the NFL math people didn't like that. But he's he's a free agent deal with the Vikings. But uh, – but back to Trey, you know, uh, it, well, in addition to Trey, I can t- talk to you about Michael Mayer, too. I, he's right across the river recovering Catholic. So you, you got two pretty good guys there. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm expecting, especially with Mayer. I think he's going to be fantastic at the tight end position for the Raiders. But Tucker's got that speed. You mentioned special teams. And it's funny, when we were on the Zoom call after he got selected, he told us about his wrestling background and how that helps him on the football field. Uh, did you see the, the, the impact of his wrestling background when he was playing there at Cincinnati? 
Oh, he's just shifty. I mean, number you know, try to catch a guy that runs a four two nine, and then if he has some some lateral moves, he's gone. I mean, I, I remember being at the game that, the year that the, they went to the Cotton Bowl, the college football semifinal. Uh, before they beat Notre Dame, they went up to Indiana, and Indiana was supposed to have a good team with Michael Penix and all that. And, and it seems like the Hoosiers were up at the half, but then a game changer was uh, Trey Tucker returning the kick to the house, you know, 99 yards, and and then uh, then UC followed that up. That was a Desmond Ritter year. They followed that up with another score. And next thing you know, it, it was a, a convincing Bearcat victory. So he, he's he's a game changer. Just things that he can do. And uh, he, he, he's just, just a player. You know, I think he's probably a guy that was always been discounted. I, uh, I I think he put on 35 pounds from the time he came to Cincinnati to when he left. And I read something where he came into high school and was 100 pounds. But, uh, wow. you know, you, you can only do so much with speed. You, you, you can add on to speed, but you, you're blessed with that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can either move or you can't move, and, and he certainly can move. Scott Springer is our guest from Cincinnati.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Trey Tucker. DeMond's got one for you. With Trey Tucker being a smaller receiver, how do you think the best way for him to be used is, and how do they use him at Cincinnati? Well, he um, Tyler Scott was more the deep threat, so, so Trey was more of a, a slot guy, but obviously you know, he can burn him too. Uh, he, caught, uh, he really came on late in his career. He had 52 catches last year, I believe it was, and um, so I think he finished with over 110, something like that off the top of my head, uh, catches, but, but he was used more and more. So yeah. And, and, you know, they use him in some reverses. He had some running touchdowns in, in, in a bowl game that I recall. Uh, there's just a lot of things you can do uh, the, the, the little guys are tough. You know, they're, they're sneaky. They get in there and, you know, Wes Welker made a pretty good career of it. and Others have too. So, uh, you know, the NFL, it's like everyone gets caught up in a lot of numbers. But, you know, one of the key things is, uh, man, does that dude have heart and, you know, can he play football? And, and it's tough to measure. Something else I want to ask you about when it comes to fitting in on a team. That year that the Bearcats went 13-1, and I believe, Pierce, the leading receiver from that team, he got drafted in the second round of last year's draft. So you got two, you got three receivers, actually, that were drafted from that 2021 team. How did all of those egos mesh when it comes to Desmond Ritter fitting the ball? Is he going to be a player that he's used to maybe not getting the touches or have that disease of me complex that we see a lot of receivers have? Oh, I don't. I don't think you get that at all on Trey Tucker. I mean, I know what you're talking about, and there there are guys that could be that way. But uh, you know, one of the reasons that these guys are good too. Keep in mind, on the other side in practice, they're going against Sauce Gardner. They're going against Kobe Bryant. They're going mm-hmm. against uh, Brian Cook. Those are you know NFL starters. Uh, so you know, and Sauce Gardner, man, he just you, you he he just shut everybody down. So. It, it's uh, you know you had to earn your catches in practice, so might have been that the games were easier. How how did Cincinnati end up with so much damn talent? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, give the coaches credit where they found these guys. Yeah. Um, they, Cincinnati historically has had to go find two and three stars and, and make do with them, and and now they're getting a chance to to get some four stars and all that, and that's what the Big Twelve brings. But there there have been NFL players. That have come out of here. There's, uh, you're, I don't know if you remember, Connor Barwin was a, mm-hmm. uh, a defensive lineman in the NFL. Yep. Uh, Mark D'Antonio, when he was at Michigan before Michigan State, recruited him here. Connor Barwin was a two-star, unheard of. Wow. They they saw him playing basketball, and he actually did play some Bearcat basketball here on a bench. He, he got in a little bit and roughed some guys up, but 
you know, it's just developing the talent that you have and, and you know, give credit to, to Luke Trickle's staff. And uh, they did a great job of, of taking guys and, and molding them into to something, you know. it's They weren't necessarily the guys that everybody else wanted, but uh, they uh, they came here and, you know, they, they, they didn't fear anyone, that's for sure, when they played. All right, so another player off that team that I've got to ask you about is Desmond Ritter because when it was announced that the Falcons, when the Lamar Jackson, you know, franchise tag first happened, the teams were saying, hey, I'm out. And the Falcons were one of those teams, and I thought that was so surprising because they're saying, hey, we're going to stick with Ritter. Did you guys see that in Cincinnati that, hey, this guy has the tools to become an NFL starter? Gradually you saw that. At first they kind of were hesitant to let him throw a bunch, and he ran quite a bit, but then – his last year, he he didn't run near as much as he did in previous years. So they're letting him throw the ball, and you know I, I think he got to where he could, uh, you know, make uh, make plays and and you know find the receivers, and he certainly had some good ones to go to. But and he just was uh, mature. He did a great deal of uh, work. You know, he you know sometimes what you see on the field, you got to put it in in practice, and he was pretty good at that. And you know he could have had a, a decent ego. I know he got some nil. NIL money late, but uh, he was always approachable. Uh, he, he, no one has anything bad to say about Desmond Ritter that I, I can think of. He, you know, great career, and you know, you, you start four years no matter where you go. If you start your four years at, in a Division One college, you've had a good career. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, we're talking with Scott Springer, Cincinnati.com, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Getting back to Trey Tucker real quick, how much room do you think he has to grow? Like, how much better do you think he can get at that wide receiver position? Oh, I think, you know, quite a bit because, uh, you know, NFL, you, you learn some different things and you, you get, you do get wiser as you get older. I've tried to convince my own sons of that and they want to argue with me sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten any dumber. I, I might be a little slower, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll only help him. But he's, he's wonderful. I mean, here's a kid. He really, the, the night I talked to him, I, I, I was at Tyler Scott's party. So, so yeah, this was night two. So first night is first round. So yeah, there was second night. So waiting for Tyler Scott. He doesn't get drafted. I'm driving home, and uh, and I call Trey Tucker, who had gone up to Akron, and he's telling me he had some friends over. He had randomly gone up to his room and and checked his phone. He's going, well, who's that? Because I don't know that he was expecting the call. And then he he gets it. And it's like there he is. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. You know, I think one was expecting it, one wasn't expecting it. And so, uh, yeah, but it, 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 he's just so diverse. You know, he can mm-hmm. do more things for you. You know, it's, uh, you know, you go to the hardware store, you want the tool that does five things, not one. So that's what you get in Trey. Yeah, no, it's a great point there. And, you know, when it comes to the kick return game, we know that he's got the speed to burn and you can't teach speed. But what is it about him? What does he do so well in the kick return game where it helps him average like 25, 26 yards of return? Well, I think it's just uh, he's uh, number three on Cincinnati's all-time list as far as number of returns. Mm-hmm. This is repetition. He's had so many kick returns, punt returns. He, he's done it so many times. And I, I just think there's not too many things he hasn't seen, and, it, and he's just the slippery. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and he, he's just a, a determined, you know, when, when you're a little guy like that playing football, there's always someone that thinks you can't do it, and you, always, you, you play with that chip on your shoulder and you, you prove them wrong. And so that's what he's done. Um, he doesn't have a, a great attitude or ego. I, I think he'll be a great team player. 
he's, he's a great pickup. So is that tight end, by the way. I'm a little disappointed sitting here that the Bengals had a pick and passed on him. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I'm glad you, you brought him up because we've had plenty of people in Raider Nation that have looked in and said, well, the Raiders really need a defense, so don't know why they went with the tight end there at Michael Mayer. And I keep thinking that this dude's going to be fantastic. Tell us what you know about the young man from Notre Dame. Well, I saw him in high school, and uh, at the time we we were bringing some high school kids down to the uh, to our office, and we we would uh, do some shows with some of the better players. So we bring him down one day. He's a high school kid, and he looks like a bronze Adonis, chiseled everything. It's like you know, straight out of Hollywood. I doubt he ever was turned down on a date. He was a great basketball player, uh, great hands, great blocker. All-American kid, and, and uh, there's some pretty good DNA in his family in, in terms of uh, athleticism and, and baseball and some other sports. And uh, his, his brother was a college quarterback at uh, Miami University. So, yeah, he, he's just, uh, you know, you're almost jealous. He's got the Midas touch. It, it, <laughs> to me, he looks like whatever he does, he might run for office, and you, you might have to vote for him. I don't know. It, it, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I, I worked with Chris Collinsworth for, for years. And mm-hmm. if you go back and look look with, at his career, I mean, it's just a guy that makes you jealous. It's like, how good can you be at everything? You know, he's a right. law degree, he was a Florida Gator, awesome receiver. He, he won a state 100-yard dash. He doesn't look like he could run at all, but, he you know, Gomer Pyle running a 100-yard dash, he, he, he was pretty good and uh, great receiver. You know, made a great career as a commentator and all that. So it's, uh, he was a guy that everything he did turned out right. And Michael Mayer, I see the same. And uh, I, I, I think he's the best tight end in, in the draft. I, I mean, Mel Kuyper doesn't call me or anyone else. You guys do. But uh, <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I, I saw I saw him in high school, and I thought he was amazing. He looked, he looked like an NFL player then. It's just he was a guy. And I have covered some high school guys where I – told their parents he's a pro um so and then that, that doesn't mean that i know anything it's just there's if you've covered pros and then you covered some kids there's certain air about people and you just know they're going to make it and mm-hmm. that's that's what i see in michael Mayer. all right i've got to ask since we've got you on a roll here on your twitter bio it says probably have met your heroes who's the most famous contact you have in your phone oh and, well my phone i mean i i don't have everybody's phone number well, who do you know well, okay, uh, Apollo 11, I met uh, two of the guys that were on the moon, uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. You can uh, stop right there. Take, that's, a say, that that's, right. that's a walk-off. You can stop right That's a walk-off, Scott. That's a walk-off right there. You just walked it off on us on just one answer. <laughs> well, it's funny. When I met Neil Armstrong, who was at a golf tournament, and he was notorious for not allowing interviews. He didn't want to be interviewed, but kind of a private guy. But I, I knew he was there, and so I tracked him down. I, I had to ask him for an interview. I knew he was going to say no. And I said, well, how about a picture? So this is pre-cell phone, so, you know, dorky me, I've got my camera with me. And I stopped these two girls in the parking lot. I said, will you take my picture with, with him? And, and so they take my picture with, with Neil. And then he gets in his pretty ordinary Dodge Diplomat and drives away. So these two young girls are asking, well, well who's that guy? Why do you want your picture taken with him? And it was kind of like dusk time, you know, and I just pointed up in the sky. I said, you see that sucker up there? <laughs> he put his size 10 on that. So uh, if you've met anyone that, that's done that, you let me know. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. That is fantastic stuff right there. You see that thing up there? He didn't put his size 10 on. I like it. That's a great walk-off moment right there. Scott Springer, Cincinnati.com, on Twitter at S Springer Sports. What do you have that you're working on that we should be on the lookout for? Because please believe, whatever you're working on, I'm looking out for. <laughs> well, uh, the Bearcat basketball team just had a dude go in the transfer portal, but that, that changes about every day. So, uh, you know, anymore, you take your ball and go home if you don't like it. But uh, if dude named Micah Adams Woods, he's a good kid. Uh, hopefully he winds up somewhere. But uh, anymore, you never know. It's like, did, did he leave voluntarily or did a coach say, well, you know, we got – Somebody else coming in, in into town, and right. you know we're, we're reshuffling our, our our decks now every year. Everyone has become what they criticize the Kentuckys and Dukes for year after year. Now everybody's doing that. It's yep. Just, I, it's kind of like when my kids played ball, and you know the the season ended, and you had everyone looking forward to the tryout. And then you got to the tryout, and you found well, well Jimmy's he's playing on this team because they're going to Florida and. This team has got new uniforms and cool shoes, so this we lost this guy. <laughs> so you never know who's on your team anymore. No, no, you don't. It's all free agency. It's all free agency now really across Basically. all sports, and it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of sad that it's like well, that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm older. It is because, you know, what, what does senior day mean anymore? It used to be senior day was you watch somebody that put in four years, you saw them develop, they end up having a great career. Now senior day is a guy that, you know, I, who knows if they even uh, – they certainly rented. They didn't buy anything. They uh, they were just in town for, for a few moments. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. You're spot on. Yeah, guys guys are seniors now. They've only been there for a year probably. It's a one-year transfer at most. Uh, like Deion Sanders says, I'm coming to town and I'm bringing my luggage. That's, what's, uh, that's right. what's going on with a lot of coaches and a lot of programs across the country. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your great insights, your great background on Trey Tucker and more. Uh, we'll definitely be in contact, man. We'll definitely have to get some more stories from you. We appreciate you this afternoon. I'm at primetime, too. <laughs> of course you have. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> he played baseball here. He played baseball. That's right. He yeah. sure did. Yeah. Man, yeah. you're living the you life. Old, you need people. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to meet people, and I'm trying not to get old at the same time, so I guess that's something I'm not working out too well. Yeah. Well, let, let me know how that works. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. Right. Scott's, you Scott's met everybody. He met Neil. He went from Neil Armstrong. You want to talk about one side of the fence to the other. He went from Neil Armstrong to prime time. He's living the life. What story you want? Man, I, you know what? We could we could put him on for another hour. I guarantee he's got some more stories that I would love. My man said, that's what a great line. If I'm Neil Armstrong, think about this. And it's bad that my mind immediately went there. But if I'm like Neil Armstrong and say I was single and I'm walking around and I'm trying to you know pick up on women or something like that, my pickup line is, I'm Neil Armstrong. My size 10 has been on that thing up there. What else? What else? What else? Just go on and give me that number. <laughs> Matter of fact, here's my phone. Go on and put it in there for me. You know what I mean? Put a couple heart emojis next to it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I mean, he, that's a great point. When he said that about taking the picture with Neil Armstrong, I was like, man, that guy's been on, uh, up there. He put, his, he put his size 10 on that thing. Like, nobody's doing that. Who's doing that? Who's beating that? That was a great story. That was story time with Scott. <laughs> story, story time with Scott Springer. Oh, that's like triple S. Stories with Scott Springer. There you go. I like it.
Cincinnati.com. That was good stuff, though. It really was. We definitely appreciate the time. 3.54 is the time. Coming up next, Mike Sando from The Athletic. That's a tough act to follow, but he's going to do it to kick off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.